0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
0: And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Courageous Parenting Podcast. Welcome back if you've listened to to, an episode before, but if you're new, we're so glad you're here. And this one's going to get a little real today. I mean, they usually do, but... We're talking about a touchy subject.
1: We're talking about postpartum.
0: So, and while maybe you're not in that season right now, this is relevant to most people. I mean, it's a big yes, deal.
1: It is um, specifically if you have ever had a postpartum experience that was um, maybe more traumatic for you or just something that you don't have fond memories of. I think it would be very important that you listen to this because As an older woman or someone who has gone through postpartum, you want to make sure that you're teaching what is in alignment with scripture and encouraging the younger generation of moms to what? Love their husbands and their children and be busy in the home like Titus 2 talks about. This is a huge topic for Titus 2 women because do you realize that in that, within the Titus 2 ministry, I would say that childbirth and postpartum are two controversial slash intimate topics that don't get handled enough from one generation to the next.
0: Yeah. Especially
1: within the church.
0: If there was just better expectations and the right support, for example. Right. It could transform the way marriages are. It could transform how many kids people have.
1: There's a lot of reasons why we're covering this, you guys. Um, You know, I have created the first ever Christian postpartum course with your help, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, but we get a lot of questions from people asking us to do a podcast on postpartum yeah. because of that. Right. Yeah. Um, we So we're going to talk about marriage. Yeah. In postpartum today. The importance of being a teenager. So husbands, like listen that.
0: up. This is important for us too. And uh yes, really and important. If topic. you
1: are like us and you think legacy minded, yeah. I'm sure that you want to leave a legacy with your kids where, you know, if you have some children who have witnessed you have a hard postpartum, you don't want to be instilling a fear in them to where they're scared to have kids and go through postpartum.
0: Totally, totally.
1: I mean, there's so many angles that we could talk about this right yeah and so how christian couples should navigate postpartum this is this is the topic of today and that goes for people who are christian couples navigating mentoring postpartum serving people in postpartum going through postpartum teaching their kids like it's all 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 topics so we're gonna give
0: practical tips on doing this well and thinking about this rightly and this hopefully will help people out there in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways uh we're so appreciative of the five star reviews uh, or Mm. uh and the written reviews too all it takes is to tap to give the five stars it really helps the algorithms get us in top um 200 rating on itunes and so forth also um just uh incredible how many people are sharing the movement Uh, The One Million Legacies Movement. And in fact, you'll see us out there, whether it's on social media, Courageous Mom, Courageous Parenting, or Resolute Man, uh, we'll thank people by Mm resharing what they posted and saying, hey, thanks for being part of the One Million Legacies Movement. You
1: guys, we really couldn't do this without you and it's so encouraging it's
0: it, it is spurs encouraging
1: us on. and spurs us on if it wasn't for you i think and we it would gets the word out and it
0: gets the word out there <laughs>
1: yeah almost two hundred
0: fifty thousand downloads you guys we're just about there uh quarter million downloads since yeah. january
1: and that is think about that for a second that that many parents are pursuing purposeful courageous biblical parenting
0: and the ripple effect positive ripple effect moving think, forward of that think
1: of how could impact generations. Like that's, that's why God. we need you guys. And, and praise, it's really encouraging. Praise God it with for us. what he's doing. Yeah, it's exciting. It really is exciting. So we are also just wanting to encourage you to when we're talking about this topic, be thinking about people that you're in fellowship with mm-hmm. that might need encouragement in the season of postpartum currently, yeah. or people that you know that maybe they're scared to have another baby because of how postpartum was for them. This That's could actually really encourage them. It is a normal thing. It's one of the main reasons why we're covering this topic on yeah. the podcast. Because part of changing legacies is, I mean, where do legacies begin? With babies. Yeah. Right? There are eternal inheritance. That's mm-hmm. what the Bible calls children. Yeah. And that they're a blessing from the Lord. So we're excited to talk about a whole bunch of topics today.
0: So let's dive in. Okay. And... uh First of all, we're going to talk about marriage. So let's dive into that topic of marriage in terms of postpartum. So
1: one of the things is, is that women oftentimes will share with me that they don't have the support that they need from their husbands.
0: And they don't always share that with their husbands, do they?
1: No, they come on Instagram and they message me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I bet you, you have not shared that with me in the early days even. I bet you there was.
1: I, I think that for us, you guys, just thinking back, um, 19 years ago, yeah. after we had our first baby, Isaac was busy new to me. building the business yeah. was new to both of us. Yeah. And there were no Christian books out on, I mean, there was one Christian book on childbirth and I yeah. read it over and over and over again yeah. for the first like six babies. And then I wrote redeeming childbirth, but then postpartum, there was nothing. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to expect. People didn't teach you the proper way to have expectations for postpartum.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Even the basics of like engorgement.
0: I bet it was a lonely time for you. I mean, I was working hard too.
1: Well, that's the thing. is, like, Both of us, we didn't know what we were doing, Yeah. right? Um, But you were working so hard and I felt guilty asking you for help because I knew that you were building the business that was gonna provide for this family that we just had. Yeah. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't know if you guys have thought this, Well, if she can do it, I can do it. Thousands of women have done this before me. Angie, toughen up. Like I I remember those thoughts going through my mind, but at the same time, like being engorged for the first time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I bet you were scared too, because neither of us knew what that was. And then all of a sudden it was like, I was in so much pain and I was getting mastitis. And
0: lots of things. there
1: There was just a lot of discomfort.
0: So I had to learn how to support my wife. And I did learn a lot of ways in supporting her, but it is a real challenge for Mm -hmm. women after they have the baby. Of course, leading up is a challenge too, but we're talking about postpartum today. There's a whole other pregnancy part of it, but um, the postpartum time can be amazing because you have this awesome baby, this gift from God. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this is an incredibly new normal Mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of things happening with your wife that are challenging and you got to know about them.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one thing that is challenging is the lack of sleep. I think that's a big shocker for the husbands, right? Because the wives, when you're pregnant, you know, the joke is you don't really get very much sleep, especially in the third trimester because you're tossing and turning. and, And I always help I, or not help, but I always try to encourage moms and saying, yeah, it's your mini boot camp getting you ready for when the baby's born. Cause they're going to be nursing around yeah. the clock every 45 minutes. And sometimes, I mean that obviously the tossing and turning can wake up your husband in okay. bed, yeah. right? You're not getting the best sleep in the third trimester either, but it's a totally different game when there's a baby waking up crying, needing
0: right? Needing to be changed. Needing all to these be things. changed.
1: And and, you know, and and different women have different experiences with birth. We're not going to talk a lot yeah. about that. But for the ones that like have a cesarean or have a hemorrhage, they may not be able to get out of bed very much for the first couple of weeks because they need to heal, which is going to require the dad to do even more.
0: So here's the deal. I know dads, we got to work, right? You might have a big presentation you're doing the next day, something really important going on. Uh, but you know what? There's nothing more important than your bride and your baby. And you know what I did when I didn't get sleep? I helped my wife at night, and in the morning, I prayed that God would give me energy so that my business would thrive.
1: And he did. And God showed up. <laughs> yes, he did show so, up. But
0: if you do it in your own strength, you're going to be selfish. You're going to be grinding it with negativity you in your And you might mind. not be as blessed, actually. And you might not be as blessed yeah. in your work. And you know what? Your wife is going to get hurt, potentially.
1: Yeah. And it could hurt your legacy, because yeah. she may not want to have more kids.
0: I mean, it's been 20 years of no sleep, so... <laughs> you know, what's the deal now?
1: Yeah, in some regards, for sure. Those newborn days are like crazy. And then you have <laughs> potty training kids that wake up having to go potty or whatever. I remember, the bed I don't or- know if I ever
0: told you this, but I remember thinking in the kids. early days, I'm like, why would I ever go through this again? <laughs> I never told you that. That would be discouraging in postpartum.
1: (laughs) Yes, it would. Because I'd be like, amen, me too. Like, no. Yeah,
0: way to lead your wife to not having a legacy.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I guess that one of the things that's super important is that men recognize or hear from us how important their role is in postpartum, right? They may not know what to do to help their wife. Yeah. But if you're just there, present, that alone is a huge deal because, especially when women are healing and they're not really like going very many places, or at least they should not be. Yeah. Um. We t- I have a lot of information on um the statistics of postpartum depression and women in America are just ex- they're exasperated they don't here take in America. A big enough break. Right. They don't. They in other cultures, the the women help the women and the women who just had the baby they rest for a long time, like 40 to 60 days. Well, 40 to 60 days, which is actually biblical. Um, And we're not gonna get into a lot of that here, although it is all covered in detail with the scriptures in the postpartum course. But my point is, is that the men, the husbands, need to understand that there is a necessity to plan Mm -hmm. with their wives, right? Like wives can do the postpartum plan, but there needs to be communication in the marriage and a teamwork of figuring out what the expectations are gonna be.
0: How's, you know, what's gonna happen with sex? You know, what's gonna happen with, you know, who's getting up at night? Right. So for example,
1: let's just talk about sex for a second. Um, A lot of first time couples don't really think about how long it's gonna take for them to heal if they have a vaginal birth, Mm -hmm. for example. Um, And then, you know, they are having a baby and the next thing they know, the doctor's saying or the midwife saying, "Hey, you know, for sure, you want to wait six weeks to be intimate, mm-hmm. to heal." And for some guys, they're just like, "What?" And they're you know, super selfish. selfish. They're boys. Actually, I will say that's selfish because yeah. the Bible talks about treating your wives better than yourself. Yep. When it says, "Love your neighbor as yourself," your wife is your first neighbor, right? Amen. Yeah. Um, but there's other scriptures too, such as the one that's in First Peter.
0: Oh, yeah. Where are we at, honey? 1
1: Peter chapter 3, verse 7. There we
0: are. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Equal in value. It's not saying no. wives and husbands are different in value. That's not what it's saying. It's saying... Um, Live with them in an understanding way and take care of them.
1: Right. Is what it's saying. It's actually saying to dwell with them with understanding, giving honor Mm -hmm. to them. Right. Like understanding way, living with them in an understanding way would go, she's not feeling herself right now. Yeah. Physically, she just gave birth to a human being. So she may not feel like being intimate right now. She's had a baby nursing on her. 24-7 for the last three weeks. Maybe and, she doesn't want know,
0: any more touching in that area.
1: Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. And so just living with, with someone, with your wife in an understanding way, requires putting yourself in her shoes or at least trying to have her perspective and going, I'm going to offer some grace.
0: So, guys, you've got to be in the Word. You cannot let yourself be tempted if you're you're not with your wife in that way, and you've got to be in the word, You've mm-hmm. got to be in prayer, so you don't go to the selfish ways.
1: Right. The other thing that's interesting here is that it's it's mentioning an aspect that a lot of people don't like to admit, which mm-hmm. is that the wife is the weaker vessel. This is a physical aspect, but later in Scripture, when mm-hmm. and well, actually, in First Timothy, it talks about um, women who are widowed and and putting off their first faith, and it actually. It reveals that there's a weakness of mind too, which there is an aspect there where like, there are times when we're more vulnerable as women and we need our husbands to remind us of the truth. Uh, we need our husbands to remind us of who we are, Yeah. of what we're capable of, of what we just did.
0: You're like and the coach. Y- exactly. And when, I mean, when anybody's down or went through something really hard, they need good coaching. They need someone to support yeah, them. Yeah, and
1: even if they have the most amazing birth experience when you're in postpartum and you're healing and you're not going out to the park or you're not or you're in transition right Mm -hmm. maybe you're the first of your friends to have a baby maybe you're nowhere near your family so you have no support or help maybe you're in a new church so you don't have that kind of support or help either um that can be so isolating yeah and you need in those moments when you're isolated, when you're within your home, when you're not able to do the things that you normally like to do, and you're going through this transition of taking care of a human being and you just birthed a human being, that is a that is a vulnerable time when we are actually weaker and more susceptible mm-hmm. to become tempted to believe the lies from the enemy regarding feeling like a failure. Yeah, That is just a truth. Mm-hmm. And I think if... If all women were more willing to be truthfully honest, Mm -hmm. that that is a season when we're vulnerable, when we're pregnant and in postpartum. I believe those are the two most vulnerable seasons that every woman who is a mother goes through.
0: So husbands, if you're not praying over your wife, if you're not praying for her while you're at work, if you're not reading the scriptures and discussing it with her and bathing her in the word of God, then you're allowing that weakness potentially to Receive the whispers of the enemy.
1: Right. And then that can be one of the many issues that spiral a woman into postpartum depression
0: mm-hmm. or
1: other forms of it, whether it's postpartum anxiety, postpartum stress, um, even psychosis. there There is a spectrum of issues on the postpartum spectrum, which I teach on in the postpartum course. And every day there are multiple um, triggers mm-hmm. and and. Um, things that can potentially contribute to those issues yeah. or not if now, they're taking care of well.
0: Now, what would you say to wives listening to where their husbands haven't been the spiritual leader? They have just haven't been doing it. Yeah. And they can't necessarily expect that to happen. They should, they're maybe yeah. praying for that to happen. Yeah. Um, but they don't know if it's gonna happen. So right. what, what do you do if you don't have that support? Well, from your for husband? sure,
1: if you don't have that support from your husband, without a doubt, you for sure need to have a postpartum plan in okay. place so that you have other support set up to help you. Yeah, You can't do it on your own. God didn't design us to do this on our own.
0: That's why a lot of women go into depression. One, one of the reasons.
1: And I think being in Western civilization, there's such an autonomous, individualistic, independent spirit here that it actually hurts women, right? There's this need to prove ourselves that like, oh, I can be the mom. I can do it all.
0: And the stats are just against you if you try and do it all all alone. And the real challenge is not just that you're hurting yourself, you're getting into depression,
1: but you're hurting
0: your child because Mm -hmm. your child needs to bond with you. Yeah. And it's going to be harder to bond with the child if you're dealing with depression.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think that sometimes we, you've talked about this, how our greatest fears, we actually can create our greatest fears. Mm -hmm. And this is one example of how that actually can happen. When someone is fearful that they're going to have a hard time, and then they just assume that that's going to be the way it is for them because that's how it was for their mom and that's mm. how it was for their sister and that's how it was for them last time mm-hmm. or one of those. Yeah, They believe the lie that they're doomed. Mm. They've already cursed themselves in a sense and that is a really dangerous place to be. So we're gonna talk about a little later having a new vision, a biblical vision for what we should be expecting, which I think is really important, but you need to have a support team around you that can remind you of that. Yeah. Because there are those times where you are gonna to need to be reminded.
0: Hey, since you've mentioned the postpartum course a couple of times, why don't you just take 20 seconds and mention it and let them know where they can get it.
1: Okay, so um, well, we, I wrote Redeeming Childbirth, mm-hmm. and then we have the growth and study guide. And right now we're, we offer um, the Christian postpartum course, but we also offer the pregnancy and postpartum bundle that comes with Redeeming Childbirth, the growth and study guide that has additional chapters in there that are about how to teach your kids about how babies are made and, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, questions, how to create a, a spiritual birth plan.
0: And how many sorts. videos are in the course?
1: Um, there are 13 teaching videos that range anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes long. Um, we talk about um, topics like how to heal naturally from mastitis to um, intimacy and postpartum, where you actually join me in that video yeah. and we go through Ephesians five and we have a whole teaching on marriage on that topic, which is really good. Um, but the postpartum course, it's a Christian perspective Um, But I felt really empowered actually by the people in our community because I had been helping them for so many years with how to heal naturally from basic common postpartum discomfort. Because you've been
0: a birth coach and a doula and all these things too.
1: Right. Yeah. For years. And besides having my own kids Mm. Um, and and realizing that most midwives and doctors say, oh, you're good at six weeks and that's it. The Mm. care ends. But postpartum goes at the least, for the first full year, yeah. And sometimes, even within the first three years of a child's life, a woman is still considered postpartum. And if there isn't additional care, if she has not been equipped in in what tools she needs to have in her home so that she can heal naturally, she's actually not really prepared. Right. So you get
0: so you can buy the course separately or the course with the best selling book, Redeeming Childbirth. Yeah. And I. Th- I think it's like on a big sale or something like that, like 40% off. It's like 59 bucks for the bundle or 69 bucks. 69 bucks. Yeah,
1: it's $59 for the Christian postpartum course, course, which has the 13 teaching videos. And it also has, if you're watching the video right now, you can see this also comes with a 30 page. Christian postpartum workbook. Okay. And this has lists of like herbal cool. tinctures, homeopathy, essential oils that are needed for postpartum to help you with that. And then it comes with the scripture downloads and the prayer audio. How many
0: women have gone through the course so far? Oh, man,
1: I, close to 2000 women. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been incredible. I mean, there's the it's insane that there actually isn't another thing on the market for women unless yeah. you want to become a doula and pay $1,600 to get trained as a postpartum doula, Yeah, in which case you, you're not going to get it from a Christian perspective. You're not going to get topics where we're talking about intimacy. Yeah. Things like that. And
0: so. obviously you guys know about the parenting mentor program at the end, there's a little promotion on it. But if you go to courageousparenting.com, you can find out more about the parenting mentor program, hit podcasts, all the show notes, scriptures from this episode and all the episodes are there and video and mm-hmm. a link To the postpartum course will be in there as well. Yeah. So on that, on the blog post, uh, on podcast, on CourageousParenting.com.
1: For sure. Cool. Let's dive back into it. Okay. So we've been talking about marriage and the importance of the marriage team regarding postpartum Yeah. and that really women need their husbands to be their biggest cheerleader, the biggest encouragement, their biggest support, their biggest help, like practical help. Right. But it's also an opportunity for the dads to bond with their babies. That's right i mean there was a point where you felt like well this is actually the best time for me to work a lot maybe you oh want to yeah. share about that
0: oh i've had this mentality i mean i was totally there with the kids and knew that was important but i also had a mentality of well hey this is when they're young they're not going to remember this so this mm-hmm. is when i hustle as hard as i possibly can uh, to be the best provider i possibly can and set our family up now while wow, there's some wisdom in that mm-hmm. um the lacking was that even though they don't remember you, they're being formed by your influence or lack of influence.
1: Right. Because their worldview is completely formed by between the age five and seven. Yeah. And they're developing a trust.
0: Many ways I wish they look at the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Regarding like how they view the world, how they view God, mm-hmm. how they view you as a parent. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of attachment. Now, bonding. if you mess messed
0: that up, don't be feeling guilty. Just- Repent, ask God for Mm -hmm. wisdom and it's never too late to, to get your kids hearts.
1: Yeah. So I will say that, um, one thing that you did do well was that you always took three to six weeks off. And during one of those weeks, we were really blessed to always have, (laughs) you did do that really well. Um, and you did many things well, but that was just one thing that you consecutively did with all of the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were also really blessed to have my mom stay with us for at least a week with each of the kids to help serve. And I just want to touch on that for a second, because that is really Um, There is an opportunity for you to grow in your relationship with your mom um, and for your mom to grow in relationship with her son-in-law and with her new grandbaby as you open up your life and allow her to come in, whether it's your mom or mother-in-law, because we've actually had both at different seasons, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I would just, if I were you, I encourage you to pray about why it is you don't want her there. If you don't want that help and be really honest. And if there is relational conflict, I cannot urge you enough to deal with that or at least try to reconcile beforehand because it's those kinds of issues that can actually make childbirth harder and postpartum harder. Yeah. But if you have reconciliation, it actually is an easier time. There's such a special bond, even as an adult with your parents. And if you have a healthy relationship, it's easier for you to go through bonding with your own child. Mm. There's, there's statistical proof on this. There's been psychological evaluations. And so I just don't want to miss giving you guys that little challenge to evaluate where your relationships are. Um, but in regards to this, I just want to go back to this passage of scripture that we were reading in 1 Peter chapter 3. What's interesting about this is that it's saying to treat your wife with understanding, giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel and as being heirs together mm-hmm. of the grace of life. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool that it's talking about it's grace really cool. of life? But you're doing it together. You, together. Yeah. God used both of you to to, to make his miracle um come to life oh, yeah. in this new baby and it doesn't stop there. Yeah. You know, postpartum is an opportunity for you together it to is. serve. So, so,
0: point 2 is the importance of biblical community. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that a little bit about making the plan, which included probably people bringing meals and things like yes. that. But if you're not in a biblical community that um really is encouraging, it's going to be challenging.
1: Yeah, I think that this is a huge game changer. I've noticed a big um, difference between the women that I've served that have not been a part of biblical community and the women that I've served that have been. It's like a night and day experience for those women. Not saying that women don't struggle with postpartum depression when when they're in biblical community, um, but that they do have more support and they tend to have the help that they need to where they're able to get out of it sooner without having to go and get help long-term with like medication. And one of
0: those things is do people in your community truly believe children are a blessing? Or do they kind of secretly believe they're a burden? Yeah. Their attitudes, behavior, how they treat pregnant moms.
1: And one way you can really tell is how that. many kids, I mean, how many kids they have, or like even. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, or le- they're just how they're treating their kids or how they treat other people's kids when they're little. Like you can just tell.
0: And how your community response. Is this right. a huge celebration when someone has a kid? Is mm-hmm. it, well, let's find ways to support. Uh, the mom as much as possible.
1: Right. And and I think so with biblical community, let's just talk about the biblical aspect for a second. What is the purpose for biblical friendship? Okay. That's a huge topic. We're not going to dive too deep, but can I just challenge you that if you're not being real, honest, transparent, sharing with a few sisters in Christ, about the things that you're scared about, your fears, maybe struggles that you've had in the past with postpartum, then you're not you're probably not engaging in a biblical community or maybe you're the one that's holding back. Maybe you are part of a biblical community, but mm-hmm. you haven't opened yourself up to be able to receive the blessing that it's supposed to be. And so I would just challenge women to go, hey, am I really being honest with the people that I'm in community with?
0: Am I being open or guarded in my relationships? If you're guarding your relationships up to having the baby, you have not created the kind of relationships that are going to want to reach out to you.
1: Right. So biblical community is obviously going to be one that offers practical support. When mm-hmm. I'm talking about practical support, it's like they're bringing meals, mm-hmm. um, potentially even cleaning the house for you or doing basic errands, helping with getting your other kids to soccer or wherever they need to be. Right. Um it doesn't really matter what it is. Expressing you your of, needs
0: in and pe- and the body yes, of Christ helps you.
1: That's right. Um, they're also going to offer spiritual support, which is anything from sending prayers through text messages, giving a call during the day so that you don't feel lonely, to praying for you. Mm-hmm. And then there's the aspect of emotional support, right? Which is also a huge aspect yeah. of spiritual support. And all of those things can become out actually catalysts for stronger relationships some of my closest friends are the ones that either i've been able to serve in those hard times or vice versa
0: Yeah, you went through something together.
1: Right, and they were able to rise up and fill a need and therefore they felt Mm -hmm. like they were contributing to the body of Christ and it was a blessing. Don't rob people of the blessing of being able to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you don't open up, that's actually what you're doing. And isolation and loneliness is exactly the bondage and the trap that the devil wants you. It is, It's, 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 it's his playing field. So if
0: you feel that way- then you're like, okay, the enemy's winning right now. Right. And then you have to go, oh, I'm not going to let the enemy win. No. What do I need to do? Well, I would pray, first of all. Right. I would talk to your husband about it mm-hmm. and then make, it, make a strategy yeah. together.
1: And I would say biblical community it should not care if your house is clean or not. You, I mean, you, first of all, you just had a baby. So if you invite people over because you can't go anywhere and your house is a little bit messier than normal, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. No one's going to judge you for that. In fact, I, I would be honest with you. As an older woman, I would judge you and say, why were you doing this and wearing yourself out for me? Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah, That's not what this is about. I'm coming for you and I want to help.
0: Yeah,
1: And you just did what I was going to do. Don't do the dishes. <laughs> Let somebody into your house. Don't care about that. Don't be isolated. Right? So that's, that's our warning for you. Also, parenting biblically. Okay, this is a huge thing, because when you're in biblical community with people who are trying to parent biblically, Mm -hmm. it changes everything. Just kind of like what you were saying about belief in are children a blessing or are they a burden yeah if you can trust other people because they are parenting biblically and they offer to like let's say take your kids to their house so that you can have a an nap
0: and do you trust your them new to baby. Do, that.
1: do you trust them well that's why it's important to be a part of a biblical community where there is a like-mindedness and yeah. how you're parenting together right yeah so that you can trust them with your other kids
0: absolutely so you talked about planning for postpartum. Are there any other details about the plan you want to yeah. talk about?
1: I mean, there are a lot I the in the 30-page workbook that we have that comes with the postpartum course that they can download. And the reason why we did that was so that I could keep adding in medical advances. Oh, so it has the whole plan. Right. It has that actual, like plan that you would sit down with your husband mm-hmm. and fill out, and that makes you ask the hard well, questions. Well, let's just,
0: you know, yeah. someone may or may not get that, so right. let's give them some now. So,
1: you know, some are to um, to talk to your husband about how long he's going to take off work and yeah. um, where a meal's going to come from planning out your meals. I mean, this is planning out your meals. For example, weeks before you have a baby, mm-hmm. having your freezer stocked with a few meals. And when I say a few, I don't mean three. I'm talking like maybe like 20 freezer meals. And how
0: about healing, and like, healing naturally, planning for that?
1: Yeah. Planning. For, well, that is a huge topic because I mean- planning to heal naturally in the vaginal area or in the breastfeeding area Pull or out, sure. i mean in the emotional area I and mean, in the postpartum of course i you know section things off into sections where there's literally lists bullet point of different tools so what are some tips for but that? i would say that um, you need to have your house stocked with the right herbal tinctures mm-hmm. for afterbirth cramps mm-hmm. you need to have your house stocked with things that are going to help you with breastfeeding the first month. You want to make sure that you have a good nipple cream, that you have breastfeeding pads, that you have a heating pad for your abdominal cramps afterwards, mm-hmm. um, that you have cabbage, that you have sunflower lecithin, Things, tools that you're going to be taking on a daily basis for your nutritional support so that your milk supply is actually um, strong and coming mm. in well. Like Moringa is a great resource mm. Um you can get capsules on Amazon. So yeah. there's a free tip right there, too. Um, my first two go tos are the sunflower lecithin and the moringa, as far as building milk supply and mm. not getting mastitis. That's mastitis prevention right there. Mm. Um, but there's actually like 20 resources that can help you with healing naturally from mastitis. Mm-hmm. So um, the important thing is to do the research or go through the postpartum course and invest in a few things that you have on hand so that you're not trying to go to the store when you have a three-day-old. Or
0: figure it all out.
1: Or sending your husband who has no idea what sunflower lecithin is or where to get it. And he's oh, walking around the store going, I don't know where it is. <laughs> you know, like you don't want to add these stresses yeah. to an already exhausted mom's life. Yeah. And so um, the whole point is that you would have your home prepared, equipped. Um, another aspect of a postpartum plan would be even planning out how long you're going to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Like not going to church for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. not how many weeks are we going to not have people over? Or if people are bringing meals, are we open as a couple to have people bring a meal over and stay and eat with us, yeah. you know, um, just talking about those things and having a basic plan, and then sharing that plan with extended family members and your church body. The most important thing you could do is communicate, 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 so that you're not feeling like other people are thinking things they're not. Hmm. You're not tempted to go, "Oh, they probably think I, I'm a flake. I haven't been at church for three weeks." No, don't don't think that way. It's okay to be at home after you have a baby. Yeah, and so. I just want to give you guys that freedom. But you need to have a plan, but then ultimately give that plan back to God. Because sometimes things don't go our way,
0: right? Almost always, that's the case.
1: And I would also say, you know, there's a lot of moms who've gone through the course that are like pregnant with their sixth. Even 10th baby, and they're like, this, I wish I would have had this every other time. And I don't say that like in a prideful kind of way at all. It's just like- That's the
0: feedback you're getting. That's the
1: feedback that I'm getting because of situations like we experienced when we had our ninth baby. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have eight children alive here. We had a miscarriage in between our our seventh and our ninth. And um, that was- it was a really hard time. And it was traumatic. It was really traumatic. And what I didn't even realize with all my training is that when a woman experiences a miscarriage, they still experience postpartum symptoms mm. on a certain level. And there, they are definitely, um, there is a huge need for awareness and how to heal from postpartum discomforts even after a miscarriage and that you need just as much support yeah and so knowing how to heal like from a hemorrhage for example having your home set up with chlorophyll or floridex if you were anemic like those you know a lot of times moms talk about this postpartum fog where they can't think clearly and regardless of if they have anemia or they had a big hemorrhage or not oftentimes if they take an iron supplement like floridex Mm -hmm. it actually like you can feel feel like you get clarity in your mind. It's like an oxygen boost. It's amazing. So, um,
0: and I'm sure people would want to know what your hardest postpartum was. And I'm sure I know yeah. which one it was because you almost died, uh, which is with the,
1: with Sela.
0: with Sela, And, um, you lost, uh, over half the blood in your body mm-hmm. and you had to have a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. And that was a really close call.
1: Yeah, I had to have two.
0: And you, um, that was a traumatic experience, yet you did decide to leave your womb open Mm -hmm. after a period of time. Yeah. And we had Eli.
1: Yeah, and I thought, I was scared, like even during that pregnancy, I was scared that I would lose him. That's for another podcast. There were all kinds of fears that I had to deal with that I never dealt with before. Then, after having him, like there was this part of me that was like, I've been breastfeeding for over a decade of my life. I have helped tons of moms with breastfeeding. You know, it was not on my radar that I would struggle with breastfeeding Eli, right, right. And then he was born and my it was milk hard came to keep in. Him alive. Yeah. my milk came in and then it disappeared. Yeah. Like it started like drying up, and it was a shocker.
0: Every two hours, and, all night long, we were up.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had to do triple feeding with, you know, anyone who knows about the SNS system and has experienced having a baby that was close to failure to thrive. We went, walked through that and it was intense, scary, exhausting. Yeah. It was the hardest first three months I've ever experienced. And this was my ninth, this is after my ninth pregnancy, my eighth baby and humbling. And so my point in sharing that is that, like, no matter how much experience you have, no matter how much knowledge you have,
0: you're going to need support,
1: you're going to need support and you're going to learn new things like that. Walking through that and doing everything that was textbook and still it not being enough was humbling for
0: me. So our, our last two kids, Solomon's three now, mm-hmm. he was kind of a, a miracle baby, a joy, because he came at a time when I had massive business failure and we had zero resources in terms of finances yeah. and ways of making money at the time. But he came right around that. So he was a big joy. And then Eli, our one-year-old, came after losing Selah to miscarriage. Right. And almost so he, losing was you, and he was our rainbow baby. He was a rainbow baby. And so there's just, and it's just amazing to see how much joy these two kids all of our kids bring joy. Right. But it's just it's just
1: different. It's it's different for each one. There's a special story for each one. For yeah. those of you who have read Redeeming Childbirth, know I share my first birth experiences, my first six. Yeah. In that book. And each one is unique and special and
0: So people probably uh, want to know after why would you keep going mm-hmm. after such a traumatic experience?
1: Well, and I think that, that oh, that's a whole nother topic, but I I felt like God wasn't done building our family. Mm-hmm. And I was at a crossroads of if I was going to actually trust him with that. Yeah. And it was hard Yeah, because it wasn't that I loved, like, I do love my life, but it wasn't that I, like, in a prideful way, loved my life more than having a child. It was that I didn't know if I could handle the heartbreak again if I was to lose another baby. I didn't know if the kids, if you... Could handle the heartbreak of losing another baby. Of course, there was the fear of me dying. Like, in a sense, not that I had fear of me dying, but I was worried about what would happen to everybody else if I died.
0: <laughs> and this pregnancy was actually, other than the postpartum, the it was, pre- one the the was one of the best pregnancies.
1: Yeah, it was. The Lord really blessed us with that. Yeah. It so, was anyways,
0: it's just interesting. Each, I think one of the lessons is each time is unique and different just because one time didn't go so well it doesn't mean the next time is going to be the same right it really doesn't but we should always be prepared and and try and be prepared in the lord too and so to wrap things up here um, it's really important to have a new vision for postpartum
1: yeah i think that one of the the things that's hard for people is that they don't want to experience it. And so there's that fight or flight um, syndrome that we all have, like one aspect that we lean towards, right? When um, fear or when conflict happens in our life, right? Hard things, trials. And we as women have this incredible ability. It's an amazing honor to partner with God and bringing forth life. Mm -hmm. What a gift. God designed our bodies so amazing to be able to do this but yet we like still struggle with believing the lies that we're not going to be able to do postpartum well physically and that's just not the truth when we have our focus on the lord and when we are choosing to engage versus avoid
0: yeah
1: it's a very different experience doesn't mean that there isn't pain It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be trials, but it means your perspective is just different in the midst of it. For example, one of my mantras in pregnancy and in postpartum has been this concept that what I'm walking through is a sanctification boot camp that's going to prepare me to be a better mother, Mm -hmm. right? I talk about this in Redeeming Childbirth. There's a whole chapter on 1 Timothy 2.15, which actually says, Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. If. Mm. So I talk about this in Redeeming Childbirth in regards to pregnancy and childbirth, but today I want to just bring this scripture up because the if they continue in faith, love, and holiness is actually talking about postpartum and motherhood. It's the rest of the journey. If you continue Mm -hmm. on. And that that's that is the part that's actually really beautiful, mm-hmm. is that if we view it as God is refining me, mm. so that I am more prepared, so that I am actually a better mom, mm-hmm. and we that changes everything. It does because we don't run away from growth.
0: And same for the husbands, I am going. This is going to refine me as a leader. It's going to refine me as a human being. It's mm-hmm. going to refine me as a husband and a father. Yeah. Um, It's going to bring me closer to God
1: Yeah, because I
0: have to depend on him more.
1: And isn't it interesting that in scripture, God in one verse is bringing up childbearing and self-control and Mm -hmm. holiness and Mm -hmm. love and faith, Mm -hmm. self-control. Like I could, I could focus on each one of those on a separate level, which I actually do in the postpartum course and in the book. But if we just talk about self-control, for example, to how many times do we as mothers need to have self-control over our emotions postpartum? Yeah. We're going through all these hormonal changes. We've got hot flashes and we're cold shivers and milk coming in and. Then all of a sudden it's gone and we need to up our milk supply. I mean, there's so many changes Mm -hmm. that happen in a woman's body during postpartum emotionally, too. One minute you can be laughing at it at somebody and the next minute you're crying laughing. Yeah. And so, you know, to be honest with that and go, okay, wow, this is really cool because the Bible is actually suggesting here that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can have self-control in those moments. Even Yeah. That's exciting. It is. It's actually freedom yeah. from a bondage that the world just oftentimes says, oh, pop a pill or, oh, yeah, I feel s- have sympathy and we, oh, this is just woe is me and pity parties, right? And I'm not saying we don't have empathy or sympathy. You guys, I have been through the ringer with eight kids, right? <laughs> like, um, I get all of the struggles of postpartum, but sometimes we need to remember. That Jesus died for our postpartums Mm -hmm. too, just as much as he died for any other aspect of our lives. And so we need to be honest, introspective. We need to get help, real help when it's serious. We need to not be hiding. We need to walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with one another, which means you're going to be transparent and take those rose tinted glasses off and be honest about your struggles and get help when you really need help. Right. And And I'm talking about like, there's no shame in getting antidepressant medication if you absolutely need them. But that should not be the first thing that we run to. Right. Right. And when we understand how to heal naturally from other things and we have support and we have a supportive husband, we have a biblical community, we have all these other things in place and we're doing all that we can, then we can say, okay, now we need the next intervention.
0: Now, make sure your spouse listens to this. And there's another podcast that might be helpful to people that enjoy this one, Mm -hmm. which is the reasons people don't have kids.
1: Oh, yeah. There, I think it's it's nine reasons why couples don't want to have any more kids. That might be
0: another one that's worth listening to. Yeah. And I would encourage you both to listen to this and then have a Mm -hmm. discussion, do a date night, have a discussion about this. And we're so thankful you listened to this. I encourage you to listen to this last part if you're interested in more information about the uh, Parenting Mentor Program. Mm -hmm. And it always fills up. So if you're interested in that and there's still spots available at CourageousParenting.com, you should go check that out.
1: Yeah. And lastly, I just want to say to reach out to me if you have gone through postpartum or you've struggled or you're about to have a baby, I'd love to hear from you. Um, We have a lot of resources on Courageous Mom as well. And we'll link to some of them in the blog post on Courageous Parenting that goes with this podcast.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: See you next time.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
1: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.